coming up. The damage that was done when everything was gone. God says, I'm going to repay you for that. I'm going to give that back to you. I'm going to restore you with what you lost. Y'all know that's that's a good God. That's a good God. Anybody, anybody been there that you lost something and, was, and you found restoration, it, it, it got rectified and you, you got it back, whatever it is you lost and you thought it was gone for good. It, it might've been a relationship that you got back. You know, you thought, you thought it was done, it was over, it was done. No, it might've been a job you lost, you got back. Um, you know what it's like to, to be restored. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert Scott of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Are you aware of the world around you? To gain a genuine understanding of our surroundings, it is essential to view the world through the perspective of God's Word divert our attention from the distractions that distance us from Him, and lead a life infused with hope. Join Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn as they delve deeper into the book of Joel to uncover these significant truths. Here's the third message in the series, A Call to True Hope, Part 2. We don't don't like having to punish our kids. We love them. You know, they look like us, <laughs> right? It's like, man, it's like, if I don't love, I'm not loving me, right? It's like, no, you look, those are my teeth. Look at it, you know, and, 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 and we don't want to punish them, but we know it's best for them. But if you don't do it, then they're going to have a problem in society. They're going to run into some issues. So you correct them so that they can not bump their head as much. They can avoid the pitfalls of life as much. They're going to have them. You know they're going to have them, but don't welcome them in. Don't in, don't invite them in. They're coming anyway. You're you, you just doing things as it's going to. You're just asking for a, a bad day, right? It reminds me of, oh, dear, when KJ came home one day. <laughs> I don't remember how old he was. And uh, you remember how old he was there? Uh, yeah, I think he was like around seven or eight or something like that. I have a video of him somewhere of him sitting down talking about what a bad day he had. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So he came home and he, you know, he, he, he got all of our, he got our attention. We, so we, his parents, we had to sit there and listen to his bad day. So he came home, he said, I had a bad day, you know, and he wanted us, he wanted us to hear about his bad day. So we sat down, you know, and he just started telling us, I can't remember everything he said. But he was just telling us, he was, well, we got it recorded somewhere. And um, he was telling us about his bad day. He just went from one thing to the next. And then, you know, and then he said something, and then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then, right? He's just telling us about his bad day. And so here, here the, the point I'm making here is that you're going to have bad days. You don't want to invite the bad days. You don't want to create the bad days You because they're coming anyway. You want to minimize how many of these days you have, especially the self-inflicted ones, you know? <laughs> It's like, man, I need somebody to come and tell you, I had a bad day. Well, what happened? You know, I, I, I was just on the freeway, you know, I was just on the freeway and I was 
you know, I started daydreaming and I was just, you know, on my way trying to get to work, you know. And then I had these, these sirens behind me, you know. <laughs> And and uh and and so this officer comes up. He said, "You know how fast you was going?" You know, I He said, "What about no about seventies? No, you was about ninety five. <laughs> you know, and so you inflicted that on yourself. You know, and it's just that's just one example. But we all guilty. We all guilty of inflicting bad days." You know, and then we you know, you know, we come home, you know, and want to talk about our bad days too. But the point is that we want to minimize that. And so God doesn't like to punish, but we need it. We need the correction so that we can live a better life. The second point on why Joel was able, what could do it was because God is the hope of his people. God is the hope of his people. Look what it says here in Joel 3.16. The Lord God will shout from Zion. Zion is the new Jerusalem or the kingdom of God place where God dwells with his people. He will shout from Jerusalem and the sky and the earth will shake, but the Lord God will be a safe place for his people. He will be a place of safety for the people of Israel. So God's promising to be a safe place, to be our hope. And y'all know when you have a bad day, you want to go to a safe place. It's like, okay, enough bad has happened today. <laughs> You know, I don't need another thing to go to the left today, right? So you trying to go to that safe place, yeah. right? And 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 it and and it and it's and knowing that you have a safe place to go to can get you through your your turmoil that you're going through. And the, the scripture is telling us that God is our hope; He's our place, our safety, our place of refuge that we can go to. And then we can turn that into not just a bad day, but we can say a bad life. I've had all these ups and downs, all these challenges in my life, but you can still have hope in God. Cause at some point God's, if you give your life to him, make him your, him, your hope, then we're going to see as we in our message later, what's going to happen and what God has promised for the future. Look what it says in Romans 15, 13. Now may, now may the God of hope, the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to speak that over ourselves today and that the God of hope will fill us with joy and peace. And so that the power of the Holy Spirit will abound in us. And we'll have hope. The third reason that Joel could call them to true hope is because God is the Lord of salvation. God is the Lord of salvation. He said here in Joel 2, 17 and 18, and then verse 32, between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the Lord, ministers weep 
let them say, have mercy, Lord, on your people. Then the Lord became passionate about this land and had pity on his people. But everyone who calls on the name, on the Lord's name will be saved. So Joel could, could call them to hope because God had promised to save those who call upon him and have mercy on his people. And so because of God's mercy and God's pity on his people, and because God has declared and promised to save, promised to save, Joel could say, I'm calling you to this hope, this promise of salvation from our Lord God. Look what it says here in uh, Psalm 62, 1. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. We need to get that into our spirit because sometimes we think we got saved by other things because, you know, um, something happened or you did something or somebody else did something, but God is behind it all. God sets the stage for us to even experience salvation. And so we ought to not give that credit to anyone but to the Lord. And then Psalm 37, 39 says, the salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. So God, being the Lord of salvation, is the reason that Joel could call them to hope. And then the last point I want to make on why Joel could do that is because God promised restoration to his people, not only salvation, but also restoration. It says in Joel 2, 23 through 26, children of Zion, rejoice and be glad in the Lord your God, because he will, he will give you the early rain as a sign of righteousness. He will pour down abundant rain for you, the early rain and the late rain as before. Now, I want us to draw back when we were talking about Joel calling them to see and how the locusts had tore everything up. The locusts had killed all the vegetation and it looked like a fire had come through. That's how they said, look, when a, when locusts come through, they came through in four bands and we're going to, uh, four bands that came through and just destroyed everything. And then uh, we're going to read about that in a moment. And, and so now it's saying God's going to bring the rain, the latter early rain and the latter rain. And it's going to, bring everything back to life. And then uh, verse 24 goes on to say, the threshing floor will be full of grain. Remember the, there was no grain, the barns was empty. <laughs> uh, we read before, the vats will overflow with new wine and fresh oil. It was no oil, was no oil, no wine, no grapes, no nothing. It was gone before. And then look what God says in verse 25. He says, I will repay you for the years that the cut, that the cutting locusts, the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the devouring locusts have eaten. He says that 
that I'm going to repay you for my great army, which I sent against you. He says, he, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to the damage that was done when everything was gone. God says, I'm going to repay you for that. I'm going to give that back to you. I'm going to restore you with what you lost. Y'all know that's that's a good God. That's a good God. Anybody, anybody been there that you lost something and, was, and you found restoration? It, it, it got rectified. It, you, you got it back, whatever it is you lost, and you thought it was gone for good. It might have been a relationship that you got back. You know, you thought it was done. It was over. It was done. It might have been a job you lost. You got back. Um, you know what it's like to, to be restored. You might have you might have flunked the test in school and then you had got a makeup. You know, you was able to, you know, get it back, you know. And and this is I'm just giving you an example so you can relate to this idea of what's going to happen when God restores. He's a God of restoration. He's able, and this is why Joel could call them to this hope, because this is who God is. It's, he called them to this hope because of who God is. God is upon someone we can put our hope in. And then he, it reads on, verse 26, you will eat abundantly and be satisfied. Remember, nobody was eating. Nobody could eat. It was nothing to eat. It was gone. The cupboards were empty. Nothing on the tree. No figs on the tree. It was bad. And he said, but you're going to eat abundantly and be satisfied and you will praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has done wonders for you. And my people will never again be put to shame and say, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, God says, I'm going to restore you and you will never get back to this condition again, this shameful condition. And then we read the final about the final part of it, because understand this was this was happening in the in the time of Joel, and then it was a, a, a shadow and type, but it wasn't the completeness of restoration. That was a temporary restoration. That was a shadow of the future restoration that God has promised to His people, and so it says here in Revelation two through five, I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautiful, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. He's talking about eternally now. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. I don't know about you, but I cried some tears in my life. I've cried some tears in my life. And God has promised to wipe everyone away. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older things has passed away. He was he passed away. He was seated on the throne. So he that is who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I'm making everything new. Oh, yeah. Some of y'all can relate to to everything getting new. Oh, I know. I, I, I know you can. Um, I, I got a couple of co-workers who got new hips. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my my, my brother-in-law got a new hip. 
some some folks got some new knees. I'm I'm just usually I'm I'm being like Joel right now because Joel was telling them about what he was what was going to happen in their time, how God was going to renew things, but that was a shadow of the renewal that was going to happen in the future. So I'm using your new hip, like Joel. You got that new hip. You got that new hip, and he's like, oh, I don't I don't feel that pain no more. That knee don't pop no more like it used to pop. You know, you got you got to know it's just a shadow and type. But but when God comes and and final judgment is made and he restores and new Jerusalem comes is, and he does a new thing. Oh yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be new. Every, everything, every, everything's going to be new again. And cause God's going to restore, we're going to restore everything back to the way it was. And God says, I'm going to make it new. All things going to be new. And then we can look back at all the troubles that we've had in life and see they're gone. No more of those troubles. All things are new. And so when and if you get that new hip, just think about revelation. <laughs> okay, think of, let it be a shadow of to type of you to what it's gonna be like, what God's gonna do um, eternally for us and make all things new. He's truly a God that we can put our hope in because he's true hope. And Joel, Joel was calling to that. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, Pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. How many of y'all prayed about something and you thought you got an answer, yeah. but you was wrong? Right, right, right. Yeah. And that happens, right? It's like your intentions was good, you was trying to get it right, but we don't always get it right. And in this case, they didn't get it right, even with their good intentions and even with their process, because uh, one element they left out of their selection process was the fact that Jesus chose them. Jesus himself, Jesus himself picked, them. picked them. Yeah, He chose them, called them to say, follow me. Thank you for listening.